Well, good afternoon, good evening, good morning, whatever time of day it is when you tune in. This is Reverend Kay Mortimer with Covenant Truth Ministries, and this is today's edition of Bible Bites, episode 223. And my reading for today is uh, closing up the book of Isaiah, reading chapters 64 through 66 of Isaiah. And boy, is this jam-packed with some awesome stuff that I'm not going to be able to get into the depths of it right now, but God is developing it into more uh, teachings for me, and so I'll be bringing more of this to you at a later time. But right now, I just want to share uh, some highlights from these chapters that has, it's been an awesome time in the Word for me today as the Lord has just been pouring into me from these chapters. And, and so I pray that this is going to be a blessing to you because it certainly has been to me. Praise God. In Isaiah chapter 64, verse 1 and 2, boy, oh boy, could this not be a prayer that we could even be praying right now? Oh, that you would rend the heavens that you would come down, that the mountains might shake at your presence as fire burns brushwood, as fire causes water to boil, boil, to make your name known to your adversaries, that the mountains, that I mean, that excuse me, that the nations may tremble at your presence. Oh, hallelujah. Would we long for the Lord to come down in, in power and in might and make his revelation, his great name known. Yes, God, may God grant it. Verse 4, I want to read this to you. For since the beginning of the world, men have not heard nor perceived by the ear, nor has the eye seen any God besides you who acts for the one who waits for him. Now, that's my version in the New King James. And this is quoted for us also by Paul in 1 Corinthians 2, verse 9. And then in verse 10, he goes on and he says, but the Spirit of the Lord has revealed them. But I want to just share with you what I, what I looked up and some of the meditations and, and thoughts that the Lord gave me. Literally, there is no God beside him who prepares, does, fashions, makes, and produces for those who are waiting for him, those who are tarrying, longing for, and awaiting him. In other words, he has so many special things prepared by God himself. He, he's prepared these for this person, the person who will wait on him. Oh, hallelujah. And, and we can't even imagine all of them. The Spirit of God begins to reveal them to, to us. But there's so much to the riches and, and knowledge of Christ that we, even Paul said, we see through a glass darkly. We can only still see portions of what God has for us. Hallelujah. Verse 8 reminds us that we are the clay and God is the potter. And when we get into the book of Jeremiah next, we'll see that also in uh, chapter 18 as well. But also notice that this is also connected to Ephesians 2.10, which talks about us being crafted by God. We are the, the work, his workmanship, the work of his hands, created for certain good works that he has crafted and fashioned every one of us for. And we're all different, and we all have different callings and different gifts. Praise be to God. Hallelujah. Then in chapter 65, Oh, 
Joel chapter 65. Man, I have spent so much time in this today. Whoo, it's been good. I want to note that um, verse 1, I just, I see the church uh, in portions of chapter 65 all the way through in, in reality. But especially here, uh, let me just point this out. I was sought by those who did not ask for me. I was found by those who did not seek me. I said, here I am, here I am, to a nation that was not called by my name. That's the church. Beloved, the church is in several places in the Old Testament. And chapter 65 of Isaiah is one of those. The church of the living God is hidden and tucked like a puzzle piece right here in chapter 65. Um, we see he talks about the people of, of Israel and how they forsake him, how they refuse to re, uh, re listen to him. He says, I'm, I'm stretching out my hand all day to a rebellious people. You know, as a general rule, the leadership and the nation itself rejects Christ, rejected God, rejected his word. They didn't want to have anything to do with it. So God found some new people. He went to a nation that wasn't called by his name, but they were hungry. And, and you know, even like, for instance, in verse um, 9 and 10, verse 9 especially, talks about how he will bring forth descendants from Jacob and from Judah, and these are the ones that will dwell there. These were, I believe, prophetic of the disciples of Jesus Christ. They were all Jewish. They were all Jewish. And even the Apostle Paul was Jewish. And yet God found them and he poured himself into them. Verse 8. Oh, and this one's going to be a brand, another brand new message that God has given me. Thus says the Lord, as the new wine is found in the cluster... Notice this, it's in the cluster of the grapes, still just fresh off the tree, fresh, fresh in the cluster. And one says, don't destroy it, for a blessing is in it. So I will do for my servant's sake that I may not destroy them all. And then he goes on and he talks about pulling out some. And that was the disciples. The whole of the Jews were not destroyed. Some believed in him. And he said, as many as received me to them, I gave the power the authority, the, the exousia to become the children of God. That's what Jesus said. So he's talking about that here. It's beautiful how you see the church in Isaiah chapter 65. And he goes on in verse 15. Here's another passage that speaks of it. You shall leave your name as a curse to my chosen for the Lord God will slay, will slay you. And then he goes on and he says, and call his servants by another name. In Acts chapter 11, verse 26, it, get, it gives us the new name that the church has now been called by, and it's Christian. We are Christians. They were first called Christians in Antioch, according to Acts chapter 11, 26, a fulfillment of Isaiah 65, verse 15. The church is called by a new name, his servants. Hallelujah. Praise be to God. And also I noticed in here, in verse 12, and then in chapter 66, we'll see it again, where one of the things that God is upset with his rebellious people about is that when I called, you didn't answer. When I spoke, you wouldn't hear me. You wouldn't listen. You refused to listen. Oh, beloved, may God grant us ears to hear 
what the Spirit is calling and saying, what the Lord would have said to us. Isaiah 65 goes on and talks about the new heaven and the new earth. That connects us to Revelation chapter 21 and 22 and what God is going to do there. And notice in verse 17 through 19 of chapter 65 of Isaiah that this new heaven and new earth, there's nothing but joy associated with it. I mean, how many times here? Be glad, rejoice forever um, as I create Jerusalem, as a rejoicing and her people a joy. I will rejoice in Jerusalem and joy in my people. I'm telling you, it, it, this, it's going to be filled with joy. There's not going to be any sadness of any kind over anything. No sorrow, no crying, no tears, none of that. It's going to be so filled with joy we can't even imagine living in that. But that day is coming for every Christian, for every believer. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He even says down here in verse 24, he says, It shall come to pass that before they call, I will answer. While they're still speaking, I will hear. Notice how close and how tender God is to our cries, to our cares, to, to what we call out to him for. And then in chapter 66, excuse me for that. I apologize for that. Then in chapter 66, Notice how close and tender the great God is in chapter 66. And he goes on, he says, in verse uh, 1 and 2, he talks about heaven being his throne, the earth being his footstool. But then he goes on and he says this, But on this one will I look, on him who is poor and of a contrite spirit and who trembles at my word. God is drawn to that person. God is drawn to that person. You don't have to be rich you don't have to be wealthy. You don't have to be uh, some great elite person. You don't have to be an actress. You don't have to be some star. You don't have to. Matter of fact, you know, whether you are or are not does not matter. If you fit this qualification, oh, hallelujah, if you are poor in your spirit, humble before him, of a contrite spirit, tender and sensitive to him, to his call, trembling at his word, honoring him taking it seriously, then God is drawn to you. And he says, he says that, that he will um, lift, he will list, he will live with us. Hallelujah. This is the place he's drawn to and he will look upon us and he will be tender and close to us. So very close. Hallelujah. In verse, in chapter 66, verses 10 and 11, I want to point this out as well. He's talking here about, I believe, about Jerusalem, the Messianic Jewish movement of today that we are experiencing. For quite some time, it, as a matter of fact, for the last 2,000 years roughly, the Jews have not existed as a nation. They have been dispersed throughout the earth. They have ultimately, as a general population and religion, rejected Jesus Christ. But God did a miracle fulfilling verses 7 and 8 and 9 of chapter 66 that in one day he caused the nation of Israel to be born on May 14th of 1948. That was his divine act to fulfill this prophetic word. And since that time, 
Jews have begun to come to Jesus the Messiah. There was a great outpouring in what was called the Jesus Movement of the 1960s, late 60s and early 70s that brought in many Jewish people into the kingdom of God. And so, and that's always been God's desire because when the church first started, it was all Jewish. All the disciples were Jewish at that time. And so it's been God's desire all along to make one new church, one new man, the scriptures call it, of both Jew and Gentile. And so it's been primarily Gentile for many years, but now the Jews are coming back in. There's a Messianic Jewish movement going on, and God is revealing himself in the, in the form of his salvation, his Savior, Yeshua, the Messiah, to the Jewish people. And the instructions God gives to us here in chapter 66, verse 10 and 11, and in Luke chapter 15, when he talked about the, the parable of the prodigal son, I believe these tie together. And I believe it also is tied to a prophetic word in Genesis with Japheth and the descendants of Japheth, which were the, the Gentile nations where the West, basically. And that's known to be and called to be the cradle of Christianity is the West. And so there's some connections there from Genesis into uh, the Gospels in Luke chapter 15. And here with this word that God the Father is rejoicing at every person who calls upon him for salvation and who is coming and receiving Jesus, Yeshua, the Messiah. Jew or Gentile, it does not matter. And God is rejoicing that the Jews are coming back home to him in the sense of receiving Jesus as their Messiah, receiving Yeshua. And so He, his word to us is, we are to also rejoice. He says, rejoice with Jerusalem and be glad with her, all you who love her. And God is also doing a powerful work in the church today. And there is a sincere, divinely given love for the Jewish people and for Israel. Praise God for that. And we are to rejoice with her and we are to love Israel and bless Israel because God's promise it to her to the nation of Israel and to the people of Israel and to the land of Israel is still active. It is an everlasting covenant he made. And he said in Genesis 12 that he would bless those that bless Israel and he will curse those who curse her. And that is still true today. And so, beloved, we're to rejoice because God is doing powerful works in Jews and in Gentiles to this day. And he's drawing all men to himself Praise be to God for that. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And so we should be rejoicing with the father, just like the prodigal son um, story tells us. The elder brother was to rejoice with the father. Hallelujah. I believe verse 18 through 24 tell us more about uh, the church, about the whole world being and that point where we will see the glory of the Lord. Even in verse um, 18 through 21, we see the priesthood of the believers hidden here. Not just the church, but the fact that we are then called 
later in the New Testament, we are called a royal priesthood or a kingdom of priests to our God. It says, um, look at second, uh, look at first Peter, excuse me, first Peter chapter two, verse nine and Revelation chapter five, verse eight through 10. And you will see that hidden here. And even in Revelation, he says, you've redeemed us out of every nation, people, and tribe, and tongue, and made us kings and priests, or a kingdom of priests to our God. So even, not just the church is spoken of here, but even the priesthood of the believers is spoken of here. Praise be to God. And then he tells us more details about the new heaven and the new earth that awaits us. Oh, beloved, this is so rich, and I pray this has been a blessing to you today. And may you join us, Lord willing, again for future episodes of Bible Bites. To God be the glory. May he bless you in Jesus' name. Amen.